Hello, this is Jason Conover back with Therapy Secrets, uh, your host, <clears throat> talking about some exciting things uh, in therapy. Last time, episode one, I gave some background uh, and information. And what I really love about therapy and this body of work that I'll be talking about is how it continues to be exciting and just continues to open up and show more promise and, and more potential. So I want to really um, put hope out there that we really can, you really can overcome depression. You can conquer depression. You can feel better. Uh, the brain is plastic. The heart is malleable. And uh, the human being, the mind, is, is capable of this. Um, figuring that out can be challenging. And I know there are always situations that seem like the exception. But I just want to put that out there. Um, so we're going to be jumping around a little bit. What I felt like sharing tonight was um, the importance of acknowledging the good. So when I was doing coach training, one of the things that stood out in that was the uh, instructor would always ask us about our successes. And this really impacted me. One, because I liked it and it felt like it improved energy and I believed it had a better um, effect for me. And so since then, I have been asking my clients each session what has been gone right, what have been their successes and their wins. <clears throat> and it often takes clients a little while to get used to that uh, approach because in the beginning, they, they really feel that there are not successes. And what it looks like to me is that they aren't really counting successes and Globally, they're feeling like life is, is not um, fulfilling, rewarding, or successful to them. So based on feelings, it seems incongruent to answer uh, about positives or successes, and based on actual um, attention, focusing on things that are going right. Now, this actually is one of the contributions of positive psychology also is the importance of focusing on success and focusing on the things that are working. A ratio, roughly, that we like to think about um, at Arbinger and in, in the work I'm doing is about 90, 95% really of our attention and focus we want to put on the desired outcome. So the particular results that we're interested in and on helping things go right. So putting our energy into the things that really make sense and will lead toward those results. And only about 5% really, maybe even less sometimes um, on the problems. It's okay to acknowledge problems. Being a positive psychologist does not mean that we ignore problems. As a matter of fact, we can be uh, astutely aware of them, and we may even see them more truthfully and more accurately. So for an example of depression, one of the classic uh, dilemmas that can really lead to that uh, problem is 
black and white, all or nothing thinking where not really, I'm not really seeing problems as they are. I'm seeing them in a global catastrophic uh, type of way, which is not really matching the facts uh, typically um, or, or ever. And so that is super important. And so putting a lot of our time and energy into that. And I wanted to share with you um, a, a positive psychology uh, technique that I've learned um, and that you can look up on YouTube under three good things created by Dr. Martin Seligman. Um, Dr. Seligman was the president of the American Psychological uh, Association, uh, APA, and during that time, he really made it his, his effort to promote positive psychology. And three good things is a very simple exercise that has profound um, benefit. And what it is, is at the end of each day, pretty much the last thing you do, you want to write down three things that went well that day. And what they mean to you. The second part is important because we want to really picture and engage with the positive thing in terms of meaning. This blend of gratitude and meaning work is very, very interesting. And you want to do that exercise every night for two weeks. Often after we do it for two weeks, we may like it so much. We keep going. Dr. Seligman says he rarely has to prescribe it beyond one week because after clients do it, they just continue to do it. I have currently logged in, well, um, over a thousand um, three good things exercises uh, at this time. And it's, uh, it's excellent. What Dr. Seligman says is really powerful. And that is um, when we do this exercise, it actually works for depression because it breaks up that all or nothing thinking. It, it puts cracks in that uh, solid block and it starts to, to uh, disrupt that in a, in a uh, positive way. And the results are quite stunning. It actually shows up as having positive results out even measured at six months after just doing that for two weeks. So um, really learning to recognize all the good that is happening, all the positives and all the su successes is really valuable. And often I encounter what seems to be kind of a cultural uh, issue or a tradition, and that is that we should focus on the negative and be quite hard on ourselves um, and, and give ourselves a lot of you know, sort of self-punishment, self-shame around things that we don't feel like are going well or that we feel embarrassed or, or sad about. But in positive psychology, we're really finding, just like in sports psychology, that there's so much benefit um, and, and so much more success that can come with putting our laser focus, our heat-seeking, amazing missile of our mind on the very things that we desire, on the outcome that we want. And it turns out that uh, I'm finding this is actually quite a bit of work. It really requires um, believing that that will make a difference. 
wanting uh, the difference, and then putting in that effort to continue to focus. But I think with practice, it can become more natural. And as we start to see the results, it really becomes uh, exciting and, and surprisingly unhelpful. So um, check out uh, Dr. Sleekman, Three Good Things, and uh, I challenge you to engage starting today, just writing down those positives and beginning to become aware that there really is so much uh, that is good, so many blessings and so many uh, amazing things, even miracles that are happening that we can just start to uh, see when we weren't seeing them um, before. So we'll catch you on the next episode. And uh, I would welcome any questions or comments you can post uh, to this podcast. Have a good night. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Therapy Secrets. I'm your host, Jason Conover, and happy to be with you tonight. So on this podcast, I will be reflecting on um, cases that are successful and highlighting exciting um, trends, breakthroughs in, in therapy. Piggybacking on last uh, episode, um, I will share a little more into the discovery of the solution <clears throat> to this, the problem of self-deception and really my um, encountering of, of Arbinger. So I started working uh, in a hospital setting and um, was introduced and then later was working in, in uh, outpatient psychology at Utah Valley Regional and had uh, my first uh, experience with a um, group training, uh, Arbinger training called The Choice. And <clears throat> I just wanted to highlight and kind of walk you through this experience and how meaningful it was and how powerful it really shaped uh, a lot of um, my future and my pursuing being a facilitator with Arbinger. So there was a person who was a, a practicing facilitator also. I got in contact with him and, and got this uh, uh, seminar kind of a little workshop. It was, it was quite small, um, maybe eight of us there and came together. And we had these little booklets um, that we went through. And it was written um, in sort of prose type format. It was very um, beautiful language. And we would read and, and learn. The first thing we learned was this idea of way of being, which we'll refer to often as mindset. And uh, way of being was basically something that was deeper than behavior and it um, really made a difference in, in the impact or the effect of, uh, of the behavior. So it's deeper and more important than behavior. And behavior is quite important. And so this was a new idea and uh, was very interesting. One way of being was to see people as people. We call that the outward mindset. Um, I actually am open to the humanity, the internal world of other people. I'm curious about it, and it matters uh, to me. I don't consider other people's hopes or needs or fears as more important necessarily or my own. I'm open to their, uh, their humanity. The other way of being 
we also call the inward mindset um, is where I see people essentially as objects. So seeing people as objects, I don't look really at their internal worlds. I'm not curious about their hopes. And essentially, I'm kind of cut off from their uh, internal realities, hopes, fears, and things like that. Um, it's not that I'm not capable. It's just that I'm not uh, in tune with those or curious about those. So those are the two ways of being. And then we looked at how we can do almost any behavior in, in either way. Uh, and in the book called The Anatomy of Peace, this is referred to interestingly also as heart at war or heart at peace. Heart at peace, if I'm uh, in, the, in the outward or um, seeing people, and heart at war, if I'm in the inward seeing people as objects. This is very intriguing to me, and I was just soaking it in and, uh, and, and really considering all the different behaviors, like driving is a great example, and I really do believe this is the finest safe driving program there is in the world. Because if we just teach technique or behavior, that can be done in either way. And so let me just illustrate uh, that for a minute. If I'm driving and I'm really alive to the lives of other people on the road, I'm, I'm aware they, they're, they're trying to go somewhere, they have an agenda, they have hopes, um, they may have fears, they may be fearing me. Um, right now, but it activates uh, a way of being. It is a way of being with others uh, on the road such that I have found that I just naturally am inclined to be more um, thoughtful um, and safer. I'm, I'm, uh, I was following a Honda Odyssey home from work one day and I'd been thinking about these ideas and I realized that I was really disconnected from seeing people as people in the car. And, it, and I woke and I was like, wow, I, I'm really rushing. I'm, I'm feeling an urgency to get where I'm trying to go. And I was following this, uh, this van pretty close. And then I caught it and I realized, like, hold on a second. I'm pretty confident there's a person driving. Oh, yeah, and they're, they're going somewhere. They have something to do. And then it hit me that there's a chance there could be other people and little people, uh, children in, in the car, based on the kind of car it was, just the possibility. And that awareness in that moment just naturally awoke in me a desire to just let off a little bit uh, and, and give them some more space, give allow more space between my car and their car for the purpose of just being safer and ensuring the, the greater likelihood of their well-being. This is profound and significant to me because it's different than just trying to manage and operate behavior, which is very common and very typical of the approach we take in business, in family, um, in, in therapy, and just about every aspect. We've really been very, very focused on behavior for good reason. Behavior drives results. And so it's a very huge distractor that pulls us and we focus a lot on behavior. But as I mentioned, if I just learn techniques, um, there is a propensity for self-deception. 
and we'll get into more how that kind of opens up. But if I'm not seeing them as people, my agenda overrides the, the humanity. I see them as an object, more or less like uh, maybe in this case, an obstacle that I'm wanting to just get around, get past uh, so that I can get where I'm wanting to go. And it doesn't activate that awareness, that sensitivity and the desire to um, care for them uh, as a human being. So this is um, amazing. I'm thinking while this training is going on of all of my clients, I actually can't think of another time in my career when I was so excited uh, for the application with all of my clients individually. I was literally kind of going down my caseload and, and thinking about each person and how incredibly uh, important and, and applicable this, this work would be for them. And as a therapist, uh, this is a pivotal moment because I think that's a pretty common blind spot uh, among therapists and maybe other caregiving professionals where we think in terms of helping others, uh, we think how amazing this material would be for our spouses uh, and other people. And there is a strong tendency to want to or, or think about all the people that need to read the anatomy of peace as soon as we begin discovering the, uh, the material. So I'm doing that. And then next we move into this idea of self-betrayal. The fundamental idea there is that I have a sense, I've seen the person, but um, because I have this fundamental ability to choose, uh, we call the choice at that time, I could, um, I could honor uh, or betray. So seeing the person, I could continue with the honoring like I, like I talked about driving or like many times where I'm just not uh, open and, and uh, not aware of their humanity. So, um, and then we went into the diagram, which is amazing. You can look that up in the Anatomy of Peace and, and see the, the details of where if I betray... I begin in that moment to see the world differently. And I begin to create a, a story, a narration about myself, about the other person, about the situation. Um, it, it changes. And uh, in that moment, I begin to see uh, uh, a person to blame a situation uh, to blame, um, I might say something like, I'm in a hurry. I'm busy. I've got, I've got so much to do. People need to get out of the way. I feel my um, priorities, my goals are inflated. Um, and without even realizing, it can be very subtle and it takes practice. But in this training, we're, we're writing this out and I'm noticing that. I may then simultaneously see the other person is not necessarily needing to hurry. It's kind of this curious uh, um, default alternative or, or uh, opposite that, you know, they don't, they don't really need to hurry. Uh, but I'm not saying that necessarily out loud or, or um, clearly, but that's, that's sort of what, what I may notice. And um, then I really ponder the question of, um, so after creating the new narrative, having betrayed, 
um, do I have the desire uh, to do whatever I felt was the helpful thing to do? And in that moment, we discover that there's been a change, uh, a heart change, a shift in desire. And I may not have that um, desire or sense. And I feel actually pretty pretty convinced, uh, and this is the self-deception um, that's happening through self-betrayal, that it actually does make sense. It's, it's probably good that I don't call that person because they're really busy. Um, it's, it's probably better that I, that I actually, um, didn't pass on that information at work, um, because it never gets respected or it doesn't go anywhere. These become actual realities that I've fortified with, um, my perceptions, uh, different evidences that I may have are collected, but I'm using in that moment to craft the, the essence of why this whole thing's happening and that is for the purpose of justification. So then we take a break. My mind's really excited. This is a very new um, whole platform, a whole way of thinking and, and considering life with, with other human beings and how we might uh, be in this really awesome kind of um, outward mindset place. Uh, where where it makes uh, makes a lot of difference, or in this inward. Um, let me actually circle back here. Uh, I wanted to just say that the the level of way of being or mindset we can. I was talking about driving. Um, we could talk about giving flowers. Uh, there was a time when I was uh, in in college, and I and I gave this. Um, this wonderful girl that I was dating, a uh, bouquet of flowers. And it was received so amazing. Like she was over the mood. She was, um, gave me a huge hug. Uh, it, it just seemed like um, I'd hit a home run in the World World Series. And I was, I was um, very elated. And then something interesting happened uh, during the next week. It, it kind of, this idea came to me uh, to get her another bouquet of flowers. Um, and so a question to ponder is that, was that bouquet the second week actually coming from a sense or an awareness of her humanity and something that she would want? Or was that coming from a, uh, a sort of inward space where something that I, I maybe wanted? Uh, you can ponder that and and see what, what you think. But I can tell you that I did actually get the second bouquet of flowers and give them to her. And it was clearly uh, the, the, the way of being that I think was um, present definitely made a difference in, in the impact, the, the effect. It was, it was very similar behavior, basically the same behavior with a very different uh, experience. So way of being is deeper and more important than behavior. It really can make a, a huge difference in just about any um, behavior that we do. So uh, we had the break and somehow, and this is one of the things that I find is beautiful with this work and with coaching work is uh, the power of the pause just quiet silence, being able to think, 
and then these epiphanies. Um, and the Arbinger material is amazing at inviting epiphanies. And the epiphanies, I think, are so profound because they're an awakening to what I was blind to. And now I can see. And the world's different. And in that moment, in that training, it hit me uh, like a huge gong uh, awakening that I was thinking about all of my clients. But this material really applied to me. It really was about me. I was in all of these um, spaces and in these diagrams. And that was a huge uh, pivotal awakening and a journey that I've been on for um, 20 years plus since of working to discover and believing the truth that there's nothing I can do to help another person better than getting my own um, way of being in, in the, the heart at peace. There's nothing I can do that will be more helpful than being in that, in that space of, of seeing another person as a person. Almost any intervention, any approach, any therapy I try will be um, compromised and, and likely not work at all if I am coming at it from a heart at war. So um, we'll pick up on that in the next uh, episode and talk more about that. Um, have an awesome journey. And the, the uh, purpose of this podcast is to help you feel happier.